Hey there, family. Welcome back to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Cloyd Brown, and I'm just so humbled and thankful and grateful that you would come back out and have another listen. Thank you for joining us this week, and thank you for joining us in the previous week. If this is your first time listening, I'd like to welcome you to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. The Barnabas Speaks podcast is a podcast that is about encouragement, about empowerment, and about faith. And uh, I will, I'm excited about getting uh, started this week. I'm excited about this week's topic. Uh, this week's topic uh, comes in the form of a question, much like last week's. And the question I would like to pose is, what is your story? As you know, each week I, I choose a Bible verse, but I don't. I will get to that in a second. Uh, but I wanted to just take a moment to really just kind of build today's topic. Uh, I've always been uh, enamored, always been drawn into people's story, like the story, the, the whole story, not just like a bits and pieces. Often times when we think about a person's story, we like the we like the beginning and the end, but a story is not a story without what's in between. I think that I'm not sure who said this quote. When you see a, on a tombstone, you get this. Let's say I was I was born in 1983, and uh, and let's say whenever uh, at the end of uh, whenever my time is on this earth is complete. Uh, that's what people see. They'll see the beginning and they'll see the end, but the the dash is where everything is at. And the scripture that I, I thought about was something that we quote a lot in the church. If you have been anywhere in the church, uh, you've heard this scripture. And really, when I was thinking about this topic uh, and God gave me this scripture, I thought, man, this is going to be, I'm going to kill him with this sermon. I thought it was going to be a sermon. And really, God was like, you know what? Uh, no, I want you to speak about this because it's important. And because I've, I've been dealing with two different topics, that, this topic and the topic that I probably will talk about next week. But. God said, I want you to, to, to hit this uh, because people don't realize the value of their stories. And so the scripture I want to use is found in Romans chapter 28. It's a very familiar scripture. And if you've been around the church at, at, for any length of time, you would hear the scripture. And it says, and we know that all in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And there's more to it, but that's just verse 28, 8 and 28, Romans 8 and 28. It says all things work out for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And if whether you are a Christian or you're not, that doesn't seem very true. Uh, that's just that's the reality of it is that if you think about the things that you have went through, or the things that you have struggled through, it doesn't always feel like it works out for your good. Uh, and you begin to start thinking. I started thinking about the things that I've been through, but the things that I've heard my friends go through and my family members go through. And and you think, man, how could losing my mother at the, at, at an early age uh, when I was just merely a baby, how could that be working out for my good? How can someone being raped or being molested work out for their good? And it says all things work out for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But I, I'm not really uh, sure that it, that is the, that always feels like the case. I mean, it, it seems like a challenge. Like, I, I mean, like, man, if I get in a car accident, am I paralyzed? How does that work out for my good? If I, 
if I, uh, if I, I, I how does my son being adopted, uh, diagnosed with autism, how does that work out for my good? How does that work out for his good? How are all these things working out for their good? And, 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 and as I begin to, to really study and meditate on this scripture and meditate for this week's podcast, I begin to realize that we go through some things that when we're going through them, they don't really feel like they're working out for our good. And so I needed a case study. I needed something to show that this is the case. I needed to, to I needed to be able to pull in the Bible and find out whose story it seemed where it seemed like nothing was working out the way they should have, but somehow it worked out for their good. And there's no other story that I know. I, there's other stories that's out there. There's other stories that. That, that matched this, but there's no other story that I know, no other account that I know of than the life of Joseph. When you go to the book of Genesis, you find this, this young man, i give you the background, this young man, the son of Jacob, uh, now called Israel, and he's the, at the time of his birth, he's the youngest, but he doesn't end up becoming the youngest, his, he ends up having a younger brother named Benjamin, he's the youngest, he's the second youngest son, the oldest son of his, his mother Rachel, and in, in, in Jacob's family is, is this, this, this turmoil between two because Jacob loved Rachel. And so he showed a lot of favor on Joseph because that was the first son that Rachel was able to give him. Uh, and although Leah had been his wife of, of, of deception because his father-in-law tricked him into marrying her. But she had bear, bore him rather all these children, all these sons. But then here comes Rachel, the one that he loved, the one that he wanted to marry, and she, she could only she only ended up providing him two sons uh, by birth, and Joseph being the oldest. And so, because Jacob uh, favored Joseph, it caused envy from his brothers. His brothers were jealous of him. His brothers, uh, uh, his, J- Jacob, now gives. Joseph a a a coat of uh, a coat of many colors and it was just like man let's uh, let's let's just say that uh <laughs> first thing I think of is uh it's not the same thing but it's uh it's like you think about the uh the, the the Cosby show where Theo wanted that special shirt and it's just let's imagine that special gold shirt not the one that Denise made that messed up that looked horrible I think it's uh and so uh but it was really uh just this hey here's this jacket of many colors here's this coat of many colors and I this is my coat to let you know that I'm proud of you this is the coat to let you know that hey you deserve all the nice things in life this this is hey I'm giving you something that 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 is special from me and so imagine now you 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 have all these other siblings and these older kid uh, older kid older brothers and sisters and and now the youngest or one of the youngest is is put on this nice coat and you're still wearing hand me downs and he has this nice coat. Imagine how the, the, his brothers feel. And so one day they're working and they see Joseph come. Let me free back. And so one day Joseph has a dream and he has a dream, uh, basically where it shows that his brothers and his mother and father will be bowing to him. And that this took the cake. Like, man, what? So not only is it that you, you get favoritism from my father, but you, you have dreams of us bowing to you. And uh, this is now, now he can't help what the dream is. It's like, this is, it's not like his aspiration. Like that's, that's a challenge. Not as his aspiration. This is what he, God gave him as a dream. It's like, if you had a dream, 
about being uh, president of the United States and your 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 siblings were still working uh, at I'll say it for the sake of working at McDonald's or uh, really struggling working minimum wage and you are this thing like this is a dream that you had this is not like an aspiration this is he didn't aspire to be this this is what he dreamed and so one day they're working in the field and they say here comes the dreamer uh and so here comes the dreamer he's coming and uh they said we should kill him this is this is this is how how spiteful they this how this how how much jealousy has built up in them this is how much Jealousy. This is what happens when you you don't have control of your emotions. Your, your your emotions begin to cause you to think about things that you probably shouldn't think of. That and so luckily, when uh, a brother says, "Hey, let's not kill him. He is our brother. So let's put him in the pit." And so they put him in the pit, and uh, he and his brother has has uh, thought to well, we'll put him in the pit, and then after we leave and they calm down, I will come back and save him. I will come back and remove him. And uh, what ends up actually happening is his, uh, while the oldest brother is gone, his uh, brother said, hey, let's sell him to these traders. Uh, let us sell him and we will say, you know what, man, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sell him and we'll at least get money for him because he is our brother. We shouldn't kill him. We shouldn't shed his blood. And so... They trade him uh, to the, these uh, slave traders, and they, they trade him into slavery, uh, and they lie to their father saying that he was killed. And so he now goes to uh, Egypt, where he becomes a slave. And now imagine this now. This is, how is this all going to work out for your good? And so he becomes a slave, and while he's in slavery, uh, he does such a good job that he moves into uh, Potiphar's house, which is a, he is a captain of the guard for Pharaoh. And so he works in Potiphar's house. And then one day he's working so much, doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And one day Potiphar's wife sees uh, Joseph and she wants him. So much so that she's going to basically say, I'm going to take it from you. She wants him sexually. Uh, and... The integrity that Joseph has, he says, no, I got to get out of here. And so he he leaves, but not before she taking uh, ripping off a, a piece of his clothing. And so and so when the guard comes, they look, uh, she goes and tells Potiphar, let's switch a slave that you put in here that he tried to rape me. Uh, and so he, he so Potiphar puts him into the prison and he goes into prison. And while he's there, he interprets dreams. Uh, for the two guys that were there, the the, the cupbearer and the the baker and of uh, the chef rather, and so he interprets their dreams, and the dreams come true. He said, "When you get out, don't forget about me." And so a few years pass, and and he's like, "Oh man!" So Pharaoh has a dream. He says, "I need someone to be able to tell me what my dream is and, and interpret it." And then so now that he remembers that this is what the case was, and so Joseph comes out of jail, interprets the dream, and now he's second in command. And I want to stop right there. There's more to the story, but I want to stop right there. And I want to tell you that there's value in your story. Now, if I told you that uh, Jacob had this dream and one day he, it came to pass, it wouldn't really mean it's not. It would be a footnote if I was to tell you that, hey, that's what happened. But it's the story is what makes it intriguing. It is the, the in-between which makes you draw in. Uh, I, I, I'm a... 
I'm an avid reader. I've always been an avid reader. Uh, when I was a kid, my uh, mom would make us actually read on the summer list of reading. And, but, uh, and so I would get into these books. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I used to get into the books called The Boxcar Children. They were mystery stories. And I think they kind of informed the way I think about things. And, I, and I, I think about things analytically because they were mystery stories. And so I, I would read The Boxcar Children. I was actually uh, one of those kids that... Uh, when you, uh, you know, and they used to have, uh, I don't know if that show they have it now, they used to have readers book clubs where basically uh, if you read so many books, you'd get a free personal pan pizza. And that's what I we used to do. I used to enjoy the book fair. We used to read a lot. And that passed on to my brother. But I used to enjoy the story. I'm more intrigued by a person's story than maybe I should be, but I, I like a person's story. I like to know when I have a conversation with them, I just don't want to know how, I don't want to know where they are. I want to know how they got here. I would like, to, I'm intrigued by your story. And your story is, is your, is your biography. It's, it's what informs people about who you are. What is your story, beloved? What is, what is it that makes you who you are? The reality is the things that you have struggled with, the things that you have gone through make you who you are and it inform your story. It informs who you are as a person. In the military, we used to say these things like, so when you go in the military, the lower your rank, the more I guess you could say, undesirable jobs you get. So it made me, so I worked on the flight line, work fixing planes, and so it may mean that as an airman or E1, E2, E3, and even to E4, you were the person that was out in the rain jacking the stand or out in the rain uh, marshalling a plane in or bringing the, par helping to park a plane. and Or you had to stand ground, which is like a, a boring job. But you had to do it. Because that was the lower ranking. What they used to say is, man, it builds character. Your story builds character in your life. Your story builds character in your life. And the reality is, character is something that we admire, but it's not something that we openly desire. Character is something that we admire, but it's not something that we openly admire. Because character cannot be built in comfortable situations. It's just the reality of it is that it, it, it is built, character is built from trying situations. Uh, you are humbled, uh, you're humbled when you have to, you're, you, have, you find yourself humbled when you have to work for something a little bit harder. And, and when you can remember, you can look back when I remember when I didn't have it. And I think about my own humbling situations. I think about being in a house with uh, no power and uh, lights, didn't, lights weren't on and uh, and the water wasn't working. Uh, I think about uh, doing everything I was supposed to do, much like Joseph, doing everything I was supposed to do, paying my bills on time and paying my tithes and doing those different things, but still being broke and still having to eat tuna fish sandwiches and ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly. And th this is as an adult. This is at, while I'm in the military, and I've, I've met, I did everything I was supposed to do, but this is where I was at. I was... Uh, trying to pay off my debt, and so I'm eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I'm eating ramen noodles, and I felt like, man, it. But wow, it's it was hard at the time, and it wasn't a desired uh, thing that I would want to do. It helped build my character, but it also gave character to my story. 
it gave life to my story. If, if I just, if I show you just a straight line of how everything just worked out for my, like, it, I say that it worked out for my good now, but it looked like it was good when I was going through it. It didn't look like it was going, but if it looked like if this was a, a straight line, while we, we enjoy the, 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 the A to B location, we enjoy getting to things or the A to B direction. We enjoy getting to places the easiest way. Uh, they say that the shortness between two points is a straight line. And while we love to take the straight line, it is the scenic route that makes the trip more worth worth it. I have been up and down I-95 more times than I would like to to account for. Like I've I've been up and down 95 way too many times. And it is a boring ride. Not driving up and down 95 is a boring ride. Like, if you ever been up and down 95, you're like, you know what, man? I am bored. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing trees and cars, trees and cars. But sometimes when you're really excited, when you, when you really want to enjoy it, you say, you know, I'm going to take the scenic route. I'm going to take some local roads. I'm going to take, take me by the water and take me on the bridges. And you enjoy your trip. You enjoy, you enjoy it more. Uh, now, you appreciate the fact that of going through somewhere in a straight line, but you don't remember that trip as much. Like in fact, my, whenever we used to go somewhere, my dad would say that the best way to get to know a place is to get lost in that city. Now, no one likes being lost. No one likes being feeling like they don't know where they are. But that's how you get to understand and know the city. That's where you find out where the best restaurants is. Like, uh, the re- best restaurants are, rather. Like, I have a... A, a, a simple thing that I, I like Chinese food. I love Chinese food. But if you take me to a Chinese food restaurant where it's nice uh, uh, gourmet uh, tablecloths, I mean, nice tablecloths, gourmet restaurant where you sit down and has nice, beautiful lighting and a great atmosphere, I will second guess whether that food is good. I like to go to Chinese restaurants where it's maybe two tables and there's kids in there doing their homework and uh, there's uh, there is not that is not is one bathroom uh, and the only place to sit is for you to sit down. Only time you sit is to sit down and wait to get your food. I like I like the hole in the wall places. You take me to the you take me to the to the the the, the, the hole in the wall places. You take me to the soul food restaurant where it's uh, Big Mama back there, and she she knows your order by heart. That's where I'm gonna go because but but you don't find those places on the map. You don't find those places uh, uh, on off of 95. You have to experience. The, 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 the area, you have to experience the town and you find it as you get lost and you take a wrong turn. You're like, oh man, that's not like a good food food restaurant to try. Let's go check it out. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, in the, before GPSs and before they had GPSs, but they weren't as advanced as they were before Google. And you just had to kind of figure things out. And once you, when you, when the, the, the thing of it is, is that your, your experience... The story of how you fit found this place is better than okay, just finding the place. Man, I, I man, I took a wrong turn. I was lost. Man, I was so hungry, or I, I had to go to the bathroom, so I stopped here and I had to go to the bathroom. I think I think this would be. Uh, I think that this is perfect for 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 a perfect example. Uh, I can I can tell you that I went to Germany, Spain, and I've been to England. I've been to Japan, and I'm. But if I don't have any stories there. You're not really. Oh, that's great. Okay, you went to Germany. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's appreciative, but like, if I just say, hey man, I went to Germany, 
and I don't have anything anything behind it. Like I don't have a story. I don't have the hey, what happened when you went to Germany? You you want to know? People don't want to know that you just went to Germany. People don't just want to know that you went to Spain. People don't just want to know that you've been to Egypt. Tell me about your time there. Tell me, tell me, what did you do? What was what was what was fun to do? If I just went and I didn't experience anything there, you it wouldn't be that rememberable, uh, or that it wouldn't be that it wouldn't even be remarkable. I wouldn't remark on it. I wouldn't say anything about it. Your story. What is your story? How did you get here? Have I told you that I am now a a, a college graduate? And, and if, if I just told you, hey, I went to high school and I, I graduated from college, that sounds great. But what happened in between? What did you learn? Not just not just education wise. What did you learn while you're there? Yeah, did you struggle? What was your highs and lows? Yes, I had highs and lows. I I ended up leaving college and I felt like a failure. But in between there and to here, there's a story behind me and it built it built my character. It helped me to be able to understand your story humbles you. It helped me to be begin to to be humble when somebody says, you know what, I had to leave college. I didn't I swung out the first time. It gave me compassion for people. It gave me empathy and sympathy for people that don't always knock it out the first time because I've been the person that didn't knock it out the first time. I enjoy people's stories because they're stories. Tell me more about them. I get to know what kind of person they are. I get to know I get to know the ins and outs, the ebbs and flows of their life. I get to understand, hey, this person, yes, this person can sing, but they they, they learn how to sing because they live it. They, they were in church every day, and their mom made them do this. And at one point, they hated it, but now they they learn how to sing, and it now it's really it has built. Uh, the, 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 the turmoil and the things that they, they struggled through helped them to become a better singer because when they sing, they can now have compassion. They have passion when they sing because they sing from their soul because they remember when. They, they re- when they sing about God and they, they sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. That wasn't that song wasn't built out of someone that had always been going through everything. But they was, it was the song was written by someone that was struggling and, and dealing with pain and they had they were going through hell. The reality is the hell points in our life build our story and they build our story to turn out into something good because it is the, 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 the turmoils and the struggles in life that 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 that, that create our character. Does your story have any character? Beyond just saying, okay, I'm a nice person. Does your story have any character? Help me see the character. When you read a book, yeah, yeah, this is this is where I wanted to go. When you read a book, when you begin to read a book, you, you start to read a book and if you just started off, well, this is Bob. And Bob is married Bob lived and Bob died. If that was it, it it wouldn't be a great story. The the, the book wouldn't have much character, but the character of the book, when you you think about it, I think about something that was a very popular book, and I actually enjoyed the books of the Harry Potter series. as As I begin to read from the first book to the seventh book, I begin to see the character build up. Not just the character buildup of the, 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 the person, but the character buildup of the story. The story builds the characters into where you become invested in the characters. You be invested not in just in Harry, but invested in, in Armani and invested in 
Ronin, but not even that. You become invested in the characters that, that have small parts and, and how it intertwines and inter interweaves into it because the story has character. The reason why the book series was so popular because they, 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 they made you invest in the story of the characters and the char the book became its own character because it had a story what is the character of your story what is it that you have been through what 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 are your ins and outs what is it that needs to work out for their good see the thing is that if you don't have a story you i don't really care about how it worked out for your good i'm just being honest we we don't I, if if joseph just lived he dreamed and it happened. We wouldn't be, it would just be a footnote. We would say, okay, we wouldn't even remember that story. But they, I've been in church for my whole life and I've heard the sermon preach so much about Joseph, how he went from the, from the, the, the pit to the, to the prison and from the prison to the palace. And I, I, I and there's all these things. If he had never, if he had just went from the, the field to the palace, it wouldn't matter. But because he went from the field to the pit and then, out of the pit, he rose out of the pit and then went to the prison and he rose out of the prison and went to the palace. That helps us understand that there's some character to some story. He had been through some things. You know, as much as we strive for perfection, we identify with imperfection. It is not our perfections that connect us, it is our imperfections. It is not our successes that connect us, it is our failures. What, what makes us, what made people believe that they could be like Mike wasn't that he was, how great he was. It was that he got, that uh, Michael Jordan, I'm saying, they believed that they could be like Mike because he got cut from his team. And so what we would say is that if somebody got cut from the team, you would say to, to, to motivate them, you know, Michael Jordan got cut from his team the first year. That's what we would say. And, and you would find a place of, of solace because if somebody as great as Michael Jordan can fail, then it gives you encouragement to fail. Because you can now relate. We find relationship in our failures more than we do in our successes. We relate to people. I'm going to get in trouble for this one. One of the things that people enjoy. I'll use a different example. Let's use sports. And I think I'm going to still use that example because I think I need to hear it. The, 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 one of the things that they used to say about Peyton Manning versus... Uh, 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 Eli, not Peyton Manning versus uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady had a, uh, a, 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 he has a supermodel girlfriend. He's seen, he has this like, uh, he, he's a model. He, he has, uh, he's an, if you will, some people say he's attractive. He, I guess he has the, the, the feature, the facial features that make a man attractive. And he, he, he seems like he has it all together. But when you look at Peyton Manning, he seems like he's just a country boy. Uh, he doesn't date the supermodel. I don't know. I don't even know what his wife looks like, anything like that. But he just like country boys. He, he doesn't have the 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 symmetry for uh, what they what they say uh, an attractive man would be. And so he seems like somebody that you can that that you can relate to. His imperfections make him more relatable. But whereas what we view as Tom Brady's perfections make him less relatable. Let me let me bring it down some. What made what a lot of people liked about President, former President George Bush was that they felt like they could have a beer with him. Yes, he sometimes it seemed like he, he messed up or he stumbled on his words, but that made him his imperfections made him more relatable. So maybe he may whether you believe he was a great president or not, you're like, you know what, I can have a beer with him. And I'm not I'm not promoting drinking, but it just, that's just how people that's what I heard people say. It felt like, man, I could sit down and have a conversation with him and I wouldn't feel like he's talking over my head. And whether whether we can truly whether we get with him, he can truly relate to us or not. He he felt relatable. 
Our stories and our, the, the things that we go through is what make us relatable. It's not our perfections. It's, it's, it's not all our successes. It is your imperfections, it's your failures, it's your stumbles that make you relatable. But what we end up doing is we hide our story because we're afraid of it. Oh, this is how it all connects. The thing about it is that we think that what we see on, we look at Instagram, we look at social media, and we see these perfect, there's these picture perfect moments. And we don't realize that, and we, 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 we pose for these pictures not realizing that that is not what people relate to. The people that we relate to the most is when we see them struggling in parenthood and we see them like, you're like, you know what? You struggle in parenthood? I struggle in parenthood too. You struggle uh, to not uh, eat too many Doritos? I struggle with eating Doritos too. Steve Furtick says this is the me too factor. Let us continue. Now, now, right now we live, uh, me too means something different. Me too is uh, right now is the... Uh, the movement for women that have been sexually assaulted, sexually harassed, or sexually abused. And I think that what helped women to actually, the, what made this Me Too movement really take off was that women, and men for that matter, with, for something that seemed imperfect in their life, something that isn't perfect, something that, that they had no control over that happened to them, but it was still a... Uh, uh, a a dark mark in their in their in their, their timeline in their story, if you will. But because they could, they found that there was somebody else that was like them that they could relate to. That they didn't do anything wrong, but they were wronged. They felt comfortable enough to share their story, and that's what. The, when we can share our story, we give freedom to other people to share our stories. We don't have to hide our imperfections because your imperfections is what make your stories of success. Relatable. That's what, what makes your stories of success approachable. It's hard to, to, to root. Like, that's why the underdog is always the person that people root for because everyone felt, they, they felt like the underdog before. People may not have always felt like the, 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 the champion or the, 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 the guaranteed winner. But when they felt, when they feel like, man, I, I can get with these people because I'm the underdog. Let me continue on with sports. When Golden State won their first championship, people loved them. They loved them because they, they felt like, man, these are the underdogs. Like they, 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 they didn't quote unquote manufacture their team. Steph Curry is a small dude. There was nobody that was just uh, physically opposing or dominant like, a, a, like a LeBron James. But or Michael Jordan, this this is this is a person that I can relate. These are people I can relate to. I, I like Steph because he's he's only like six one, six two, only quote unquote. He's not six seven. Until you get in person, you realize how tall six one can actually be. But that's beside the point. But yeah, he's he's relatable. Man, these guys like man, they just they, they he got family. They they're real down to earth. But after they started winning, and it felt like they couldn't be beat, people started liking them less and less. The now well, they still have a big fan base. Where people loved and rooted for Golden State that first year, the, the same amount of people that were loving and rooting for Golden State is not the same because they've won so much. It felt like, man, they, they seem, they now seem unrelatable. But when, they, when you understand a person's story, when you understand their struggle, when you understand that, hey, this person struggled like I did, but they, they're successful now.
You know what? What what, what makes Oprah great was that yeah people told someone once told her that we see it now you couldn't imagine it now but somebody once told her that she didn't have she didn't have the personality or she didn't have uh she wasn't gonna make it in television and she got fired and this and that and now you're gonna see Oprah's face you can go anywhere in the world and say Oprah and everyone knows who she is like it used to be Oprah Winfrey but now you just say Oprah and what makes her, what made her relatable, what makes her relatable is that she struggled too. She came from poor upbringings too. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what makes you relatable. Your story, beloved. What is your story? I, I tell people every day, I love to, to hear about your story. I have a frat brother, a line brother, and uh, he, uh, he went through a lot. And I always tell him, I said, man... I'm not sure you realize how great your story is, how how the things you have went through, uh, losing your parents, uh, losing losing your, uh, your 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 grandparents, the, the people that raised you, and then going to college and uh, paying your way through college and working your way through college and working your way through your master's program to where you're 24 and you have a master's degree. Man, that's that's a great story. Like, like I'm not sure you see that how great your story is because everything in your life says that you should have failed. Everything that like statistically you should have dropped out of school. And statistically you should be you should be uh, you, you should be not as successful as you are. Statistically, um, and, and you have all these statistics, everything that was stacked up against you. But somehow your story of all the struggle you went through, it's it, it, and I and now someone can say, you know what? If you did, I can do it. I share my story so freely, not because I'm so much more comfortable in sharing my story than you. I still cringe when I say certain things. I still cringe when I think about certain things. I still cringe when I think about uh, growing up in an abusive household. I, I, I still cringe about these things. I still cringe when I tell people about that my the, the addiction I had to pornography. I still cringe about I tell you about, about the things that I struggled with sexually. I still cringe when I say it, but I share it because my story, my imperfections, is, will quite possibly free someone else to say, you know what, I have imperfections too. But if he can make it, I can do it too. But that's not it. It it, it builds my character. It helps people become invested in me. Your story helps people become invested in you. Imagine if one day you said, you know what, I'm, I decided that uh, I'm going to sell shoes. And it sounds great. Yeah, okay. But it doesn't help people become invested in you. What, is, what, what makes Michael Jordan's shoes so popular besides that he's one of the greatest basketball players? Like, each shoe has a meaning. Each, each retro has a meaning. Hey, man, this is when he scored 45 in the garden. This is when he, I mean, 55 in the garden. Oh, this is when he had number 45. And, and this is when he, uh, uh, he, he these, are, these are shoes he hit, uh, that he wore when he hit uh, the final one for his sixth championship. These are the things. This, this is that. Oh man, I, I like LeBron James because there was a time where he didn't have he didn't he didn't have clothes or his sh uh, shoes. I, I I don't mind that. I I I, I like that LeBron James. I like the story of LeBron James starting a school because he uh, there was a day where he missed more days in school than he actually attended. Yeah, these these the, the story draws you in. What is your story, beloved? 
Why are you hiding? Stop hiding your story. Stop hiding. Stop, stop avoiding the path that God has taken you on, whether it's highs and lows, whether it's, it's turns and curves, it's steep hills and, and all those things. Stop avoiding them because those stories, they, they work for your good, but they can't work for your good if you keep on avoiding them. But they cannot work for your good if you don't acknowledge that it happened. You rob yourself of your experience when you don't acknowledge that this story happened. Yes, it happened to you. But it happened to you for your good. How does it happen for your good? Let me show you in the Bible. So I, t- I left you at Joseph and now he's, he is now, he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And then so one day, remember his dream was that his family would be bound to him. So one day there's a famine. So the, the dream was that there would be a famine coming. And they would have seven years of good success and good crops and then seven years of bad crops, and there would be a famine in the land. And so, because Joseph had this dream, I mean, not Joseph, but Joseph interprets the dream for Pharaoh, and in interpretation, God also gave him a plan, a strategy to, to, to avoid some of the troubles that come with famine. So David comes up with the strategy and Pharaoh makes David second in command only to him. He's, only, he's second only to him. And so one day his brothers and his father are struggling. And this is during the famine. So Jacob sends his brothers to Egypt. Now, they don't recognize that this is their brother Joseph, but Joseph recognizes them. And it goes through this and that, but because Jacob, Joseph was there, his family survives the famine. Now, there's, there's, there's a verse, and I told you I, I, I used Romans 8 and 28, but I needed a, 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 a case study. And there's a verse that sticks out more than any. And this is what it says. And this is verse uh, chapter 50 of Genesis. Starting in verse 18. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke to them, spoke kindly to them. But what I want to read, stand out, it says it. But you intended to harm me, but God intended it for my good to accomplish what is now being done. Beloved, I know that there are things in your life that you wish that had not happened to you. And when you when you were going through and, and maybe some, right now you're listening to it and you are currently going through. And I know it's hard to receive because you really don't want to have to go through these things. But there's some good that's going to come out of this. And I'm not saying this from a place I'm not understanding. I, I, I lost my mother uh, at a young age to lupus. I grew up in a house that was dysfunctional with physical abuse and verbal abuse and my siblings moving out. And I grew up watching, started my watch pornography at 13 years old. And it, and it stunted me and it bothered me for my life. I 
dealt with different things in my life and I have stayed in the house with no 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 electricity and I I'm not saying I to emphasize it's about me. I'm saying I to emphasize that we have something in common that we can relate to. And when I was going through it, I didn't want to hear anything about all things. God works all things out for those of them that love him, that are called to all to God works out all things out for the good of them that love them that are called according to God, according to his purpose. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that when I was struggling and I didn't want to hear that. When I was asking God, why did my mom have to die? I I I didn't, I didn't want to hear that when I didn't feel like I was loved and I was trying I was trying to find this this love from that, that only a mother could provide. I didn't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about it it working out for my good. I I wanted good at that moment, but the hell, the struggles. The mountain that I had to climb, it built me like no other. It not built me to be strong. It built me to be humble. It built me to be able to relate to people. When I left school, when I left Fort Valley State in 2006, and I... Went off September twelfth, September eleventh. I left, uh, make I left Perry, Georgia, which is in the middle area of Georgia. I got on a bus and I went to Atlanta, and I went to sleep on September twelfth. I took a plane to Lackland Air Force Base, San Antonio. Got off there, and I started basic training. And I left, and I left, and I felt like a failure. I never, like, what was hard for me for basic training wasn't what was hard for somebody. It wasn't the physicality. I, I felt like I was in pretty good shape. Uh, I did pretty well. It wasn't the yelling because, I mean, growing up, how I grew up, I, I could handle that. In fact, when my, my T.I. was having one of his moments where he's, you see the vein popping out of his neck, I'm like, man, this is a grown man throwing a tantrum. I was literally laughing. I was trying not to laugh. But that's not what struggled with me. I felt, what, what the struggle for me was that I felt like a failure. I had left school, I didn't complete what I started, and I felt like a failure. And how was this going to work out for my good? And then I, uh, I'm in the Air Force, and I'm struggling with it. I'm doing well in the Air Force, but I'm struggling with this thought of failure. And I'm thinking, man, I'm never going to complete this thing, this thing that I started. And so... I uh, I applied for school, and you've heard this before, and I ended up finishing, and I ended up completing. But if I never, if I never leave Fort Valley feeling incomplete, I would never be able to relate to the person that says, you know what, man, I was going to school, and it just didn't work out. And I felt like I've wasted my time, I wasted my money, and now I'm, I'm too old to go back. And then now, because of my story, not only can I tell them my story and they may find encouragement from it, but I can't, I don't, because of my story, I have no place to judge. 
I, I literally don't because I, I've been where they were. I, I, I have been where they were. I, I have been where you are if you listen to this and you're in this situation. I've been in the place where you're blaming and beating yourself up and you're like, man, I, I'm a failure. And I, I, I don't know what success looks like. I've been there. And had I never been through this story, I would be no use to the person that that's struggling. Yeah, I, I can I can encourage them from a place of success. But they are invested in my story when I tell them that I've been exactly where they were. And they look at me and they hear my story and they realize that. He's not perfect, yet he did it. <laughs> what is it that you're not perfect at, but you did it, that someone else needs to know? What, is that, what happened in your life that you survived, that someone else needs to know that they survived, that they can survive too? Maybe it's you struggle with alcohol or alcoholism. Maybe you struggle with other substance abuse. Maybe you've been in an abusive relationship. Maybe you had to start all over. Maybe you've been broke. Maybe you've you had your car repossessed. Maybe you've you've been you have been almost evicted. Maybe I don't know what it is. I I have to say what I feel is on my heart. Maybe you looked for comfort from sex and you still can't seem to find it maybe maybe you've been promiscuous and the, the, the person was not as discreet as you would have liked them to be and so now you have a a label of being loose or being a whore or whatever they call people with these labels and maybe that is what you survived and someone, there's a, there's a teenage girl, there's a, there's a teenage boy, there's somebody that needs to know that they can survive. That, that you just, you survived the onslaught of life. And while when you were going through it, it did not feel like it would work out for your good. But the good is that you survived and you have a story. And your testimony frees other people. Your testimony frees other people. That's, that's just what the truth is. You holding on to your story, not telling people the whole story and you only putting the good on Instagram. Not telling people, man, that that little corner of your kitchen that you showed is the only clean part of your house. That, that you're not a perfect parent, you're not a perfect wife, you're not a perfect husband. You're not a perfect girlfriend. You're not a perfect boyfriend. You're not a perfect business partner. You failed in business. That you don't always make the right spending decision. That your budget sometimes is thrown off too. That sometimes you didn't make the most logical decision. That hey, you probably should have paid some of your debt off, but you bought the shoes instead. People, they want to know that they can relate to you. Your story is what makes you relatable. Not your successes. 
And I'm not telling you that you should not share your success. But your success without the story to, to success or the story of the road to success means nothing. Romans chapter 12 says this. It's chapter 12, verse 11. It said, not Romans, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. But what I love, it says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony helps other people triumph. Your story helps other people win. Who are you keeping from winning because you're afraid to share your story? And I'm not saying you need to get on Instagram and get a, get a, get a YouTube channel and share your, your faults and get a podcast. But there's someone that you can free by sharing your story. Beloved, I wish that I could say, man, that I feel like this podcast will reach hundreds and thousands of people. But that's not really my goal. Now, that'd be great. If I'm being, I want to be honest and transparent with you, that'd be great. But I'm more concerned with touching that person that just needs to hear this. That I struggled to. And I struggled to. I felt like a failure too. But there's nothing so special about me. That if I can make it, you can make it. I share my story in hopes that someone may be encouraged and say that if Claude can make it, then I can make it. What's your story, beloved? What's your story? And who can be freed by your story? Until next week, God bless you and God love you. And remember, Never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. Hey family, thank you for listening to another episode of the Barnabas Speaks podcast. Once again, as always, I would like to open up the opportunity uh, to let everyone know that if you are one looking to increase your relationship with Christ or you are looking to begin a relationship with Christ, or you just have a question about your relationship with Christ, I would like to give you my contact information so that way you can reach out if you would like to. My email is cloyd, which is spelled C-L-O-Y-E-D dot brown at R-L-C-R-D-U dot com. Once again, that email is cloyd dot brown at R-L-C-R-D-U dot com. I can also be reached at on several social media platforms. My Facebook is Cloyd Stefan Brown. My Instagram is Cloyd Brown or at Cloyd Brown. And my Twitter is Gentleman Cloyd. Once again, my Facebook is Cloyd Stefan Brown. My Instagram is at Cloyd Brown. And my Twitter is at Gentleman Cloyd. So you have any questions, any comments, or you just want to just reach out, feel free to reach out on any of my social media platforms, or my email. Thank you for listening, and I hope this has blessed you. And remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. God bless you, and speak to you next time.